My name is Andrea Afuakwamia. Welcome to The Only Black Girl on Mars, a podcast where we shine a spotlight on strong Black women who are shaping the world through their diverse strengths, paired with their unique perspectives and experiences. Hello, welcome back to Mars. My name is Andrea Afuakwamia, and it's great to have you back. Today we have a very interesting episode featuring Courtney Lynn. She is a wife, a marketer, a manager, a producer. She really does it all. And it's one of those things where you see people who claim to want to do everything. And Courtney Lynn is a type of person who doesn't need to tell it. She just does it. She doesn't even really need to flaunt it. She doesn't showcase it everywhere. And so this is great to have a conversation with someone like this who has experience working with individuals like Jacquees K. Camp. She works for Ryan Leslie on a brand Superphone. And right now she is promoting a really great up-and-coming artist, A.E. The Cool. And during this conversation, you'll hear all about the inertia that she put into starting her career and figuring out her way from corporate to becoming an entrepreneur, and also the advice that she gives about just being consistent and how hard work really is the bedrock that she relies upon in order to be successful and support women along the way. After this episode, be sure to check out the show notes to find all of the information on AE The Cool and all of the other initiatives that Courtney Lynn is currently involved in. The Only Black Girl on Mars is an independently produced podcast, so please click the dollar sign in order to support us on Patreon or head to patreon.com slash blackgirlonmars underscore. Stay tuned till the end to hear a clip from A.E. The Cool's recent single, Wild Things. Without further ado, we welcome Courtney Lynn. To shorten my story, basically, <laughs> um, we were just like, oh, how cool would it be if, like, we had the whole building? Like, we had the upstairs apartment, you have oh, the bottom amazing. apartment, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then we were like, oh, it's not going to work because the neighbors downstairs, they, at the time, said they wanted to renew their lease. But okay. then they changed their mind like randomly at the last minute. And so our, our roommate did end up moving downstairs and we had this apartment. So, you know, that made the move super wow. simple because over the course of like a month or so, we just kind of gradually transitioned stuff and we took our time, you know. Right, but, right, right. But then um, come August, we knew like officially she would be out because her husband was moving here also. Okay. Right. So once he got here, we were like, okay, now we have to do it for real. So we like got everything out, out, like all the, you know, furniture, all the big stuff, all the little stuff. And then we just were kind of more so getting situated. It wasn't right. like, you know, a huge move. That right. So it, really, it was just really like easy. a little swap. Wow. What a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So are you, are you was, close with your roommate? They, so you guys are still neighbors or? Yeah, she's she's downstairs. Well, right now they're actually um, visiting her in law since her husband has gotten here because he was living out of the country. I so see. now okay. that he's here officially permanently, they went to see her parents. So they're not here right now, but um, but yeah, they live right downstairs, and we see them. We do game night. We hang out. It's so cool. That's cool. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's like the uh, 
the dream, especially like I just turned 30. So I'm like, I need to buy some board games. <laughs> yes. And I'm so over the typical board games, actually. I've been finding some new ones. Like we, we've been playing this game, Swahili. Oh, I, I don't never... know if you've heard it. No, yeah, I... it's. What's it like? Go ahead. Oh, well, I was just saying, like, just familiar um, with the language. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not even like what you think. I think mm-hmm. I thought that at first, too. I was like, okay, is this like Swahili, like the language? I need mm-hmm. to know that. But it's literally just um, basically these four stations. And you have all these little men, like little um, soldiers almost. Mm-hmm. And you line them up. And then there's just rules you have to play by. But the objective is to get all of your men into the middle part, into the hole. Or um, to also capture other soldiers in your, like, I don't know, it's kind of like a prison. I hate to say right, that. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like chess, but like with four squares? Or not, not yeah, where you're capturing other people. Similar, <laughs> similar concept, but it's, yeah. it's a very different game. But it's interesting you bring that up, too, because that's another game we've been playing. Oh, I don't really? know how to play chess, so... <laughs> I've been learning. That makes it more fun where you're just like, I'm going to capture this random piece. And then someone's like, you can't move there. (laughs) And that's how you learn it. (laughs) That's what I've been going through. So it's fun to learn, but um, it does suck being in that space where you just don't have it yet. You know? Right, right, right. I feel that. Yeah. So I, I unfortunately was living with, I feel I would never call anyone like, a nightmare but it turned into like yeah. a situation where I was living with two older like a older white couple and like this it things got su- super tense you know mm. when the you know the social uprising and movement sort of began and it made it very strange and it was already to a point where I was like I think things need to shift a little bit and I just had to get out there a little bit early and now so my my partner is a is a a painter, and so he ended up just getting a loft while I wait to be approved for my apartment. So I'm in this kind of echo chamber, but gotcha. <laughs> I, I can't I can't complain. But it was like it was such a a busy week because all I was doing was like really quickly packing boxes, and I've I've been like I haven't been doing any work for like. A week and finally I'm yes. like, oh, I can sit down. <laughs> that part, yeah, that definitely, that, it makes, like I said, our move really wasn't even bad, but it does still just get in the way yeah. of product, productivity, you Exactly, know? <laughs> exactly. But, well, thank you so much for being here. Sure. Well, first of all, I just want listeners to understand that, like, you were the OG person that I was supposed to talk to on Black Girl of Mars. And I, so, so this is actually really special to me. For, <laughs> for anyone listening, like before I got started out, I, there was a group called Art Girl Army, um, mostly in New York City, where like a bunch of black and brown female creators, we share our work or share posts if anyone is looking for a sort of a collaborator. And I put out a beacon for, you know, really... For Black women who are doing their part and just making their own stories come to fruition. And Courtney answered that call. So just really excited to have you here. And as I mentioned in the intro, Courtney, you know, has her own agency and you, you partner with your, your husband, that's correct? Yes. Okay, cool. And what he is a creative? 
creative director. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's, I've been noticing a lot of like setups that way where it's like the female strategist and then. <laughs> the, yeah. I mean, honestly, it makes sense. I could see why, because I think, I don't know if it's left brain, right brain, whatever mm-hmm. it is, but I think men can be more, he's very artistic, very creative. He right. has this vision that I just don't have. But <laughs> on the other side of things, when it comes to strategizing and marketing and yeah. just the logistics of a lot of things, he, that's the part that he's like, eh, you know, and then right. that's my strong point. You're the so organizer. Together, <laughs> right. <laughs> I felt that this week where I was like, thank God she's keeping me honest. <laughs> um, and then you also start started your own what would you call it would you call it a women's group queens at work how do you refer refer to to it it as a women's empowerment organization women's empowerment organization I feel like okay that should be in everyone's vocabulary women's (laughs) empowerment organization and and so I wanted to hear from you first off before we go into detail about either one is sort of like where you were before any of these things like these are really huge ventures to um and for those of you who don't know like strategists are um are basically the anchor in advertising where we do research we um connect cultural insights and make sure that whatever artwork or product needs to be promoted fits the artistic vision and vice versa would you agree or or say anything definitely i mean it's even it's even more than that exactly i know (laughs) it's so hard i'm like people are like what is a strategist what is a planner i'm like uh let me let me write down this novel for you and then (laughs) but i mean exactly yeah so i want to just hear from you like where were you before you decided to kind of venture out on your own because that's a huge undertaking especially for a young young woman yes so I would take it back to about well for starters so I graduated from college in 2012 with my Mm -hmm. marketing degree after that I I just honestly didn't know where to go I Mm -hmm. I went to school because I thought that you know I was supposed to go to school and um I actually ended up graduating in three years instead of four, just because for me, I, I just wanted to get through it, honestly, you know, right. and I knew marketing was the thing I wanted to study. I always knew that just because I naturally had an attachment to marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started from, honestly, in, I want to say middle school, well, high school, really, I started doing party promotions in Atlanta. Okay. Oh, cool. So I was throwing parties and at such a young age, I was just seeing like, you know, throwing parties is not, I think at the time I thought throwing parties was just like this little thing, like, okay, you just throw a party. But once I got into it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much more than what I thought. And it really is a lot to do with marketing. And when I made that connection, I think that was the thing that started me in, in the direction of everything I'm doing now, because that was the moment that I realized that everything I knew about marketing and learned from a professional standpoint, you know, um, could be applied to my culture. And that was something I had never tied together before because typically when you hear about marketing and there's real money being made, you're looking at like big marketing firms and, you know, stuff like that. And 
I don't see that within our community. So once I got my degree, again, I was just like, where do I go from here? You know, where do I apply this knowledge that I've gained and then this natural instinct that I have? And I did do parties for a little while longer. And I just also felt like that was not quite it. And then I was Mm -hmm. still working in music, working with DJs and different artists. And um, I don't know, something was just missing for me. And I was also still just kind of in between working like corporate America jobs, you know. And I was at a point where I was doing insurance of all things um something told the event planning yeah yeah I was working and I had actually had a a license I was a licensed adjuster oh cool (laughs) Um, so yeah it was so random you know totally unaligned with everything that I am as a being but it was it was just a job you know at the time and I committed to it I did that for a few years but I definitely got to a point where um I just saw that for our people, that is not the space for us. But all in all, my husband came into the picture and he had this passion for film and dance and all these things that he had going on. And like we talked about earlier, you know, he very artistic and all those things, very driven, but it was like he had no real direction. So I was like, okay, well, you're really, really talented. You can do all these things, but like, let's make a business out of it, you know? And that was like our space to live together where he could do his thing and I could do mine. And then, so now we're building that up and we've, it's just been crazy to see the impact and the things that we've actually accomplished since we launched in 2017. That's only three years ago. Yeah. And we have done a lot. And I just feel like we have so much further to go. But um, hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> no, it absolutely does. And, you know, I think there is something, uh, the value of like a partnership and being with someone that you trust to sort of be able to just give you that emotional boost that one of the things that I talk a lot about with women is sort of the fear of success and failure when when you're kind of going it alone but having that sounding board of of someone who's like you know if even if something doesn't work out you have each other and then you can try something again this is true yeah are you both from Atlanta kind of um actually <laughs> Okay, so now I have to give you the, the story with my husband. <laughs> okay. So we actually met in high school. Oh, I love origin stories. <laughs> yeah. So um, I my family is from Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. And I moved to Atlanta, though, with my parents when I was like three. So I have only ever really known Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But my husband grew up in Kansas City. And I would go visit family, you know, on summers or spring breaks. And there was one particular spring break that I went and I was hanging out with my cousin and her boyfriend at the time was best friends with my husband. Okay. So that's how we met because they wanted to hang out. And she's like, well, my cousin's here. And then he brings his friend and we actually hit it off, but we were, it was long distance cause he was in Kansas city and I was in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, when things are meant to be, it's just meant to be. He ended up coming to Atlanta for school and he went to Clark Atlanta and, uh, we reconnected somehow, um, started dating, you know, the rest is history. Aww. But uh, So I'm from Atlanta, even though I wasn't born there. And then he mm-hmm. moved there uh, for school. Later in life. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that, though. I mean, I think the reason why I ask is because um, I'm really interested in what your perspective 
on culture shaped your ability to make these decisions quickly. Uh, I grew up in the suburbs. So like, I feel like I was fighting this internal drive to like help my community, but I was never surrounded by black people. So I'm like, how can I talk about this when I have no black (laughs) friends? Yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, like growing up in a place like Atlanta, especially when you're working in the music industry, you're getting a look at all sides and sort of all the things that people have to navigate. And so I'm kind of curious if you can talk a little bit about that more, how music affected your perspective going into becoming a strategist and sort of what get, maybe give an example of some of the battles that you dealt with in terms of diversity that drove you, you guys to start your Ooh. first company. That's a big question. Loaded. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, for starters, the entertainment industry in general, you know, if we're just, if we're just keeping it a hundred, Mm. The entertainment industry is built on the backs of us. That's just first off, you Mm -hmm. know, from film to music to fashion, whatever. Yeah. Now behind that, within the industry itself, there's a huge lack of diversity. There are no uh, executives of color, you know, really. Um, They're sprinkled in, but not nearly what it should be. And that's within all different realms. And I could see that, which is why my platform makes so much sense for me because everything connects over there. But, you know, if you look at film, even production companies, how many black films, even, even the idea of a black film itself is a problem because we should have so many movies Mm -hmm. that, you know, a, a black film doesn't stand out. We, we should, we should have so many that we're not just like, Oh, we love Friday or we love, you know, these particular black films that have stood the test of time. We should just have so many, but that's within film and production, you know, with even being in Atlanta, you got what Tyler Perry, who's, Mm. you know, (laughs) yeah. Two camps with Tyler Perry. (laughs) Yes. Just in general, the, the two don't add up for us to be such a big piece of what makes these things what they are and what drives the, industry itself and the money itself Mm -hmm. but then on the other side of it we're not the ones making decisions we're not the ones being given the big budgets we're not the ones you know um having ownership of anything really that's a huge problem for me so that's really the main thing that I'm trying to fight against and it's it's a it's a diversity issue when it comes to the color of your skin and your cultural attachments but then there's a huge other lack of diversity because I don't see women like myself in a lot Mm -hmm. of these spaces that I'm in Mm -hmm. so yeah I mean there's there's a huge problem there and I would say in general again with what I've set up I've set something up as you know I I manage a music artist Mm -hmm. I work within film and production I at this point, I even work within the tech space, and that's something else that I'll talk about a little bit with yeah, you later. Yeah, I'd love to hear about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've tried to insert myself into as many spaces as humanly possible, right. and I, can, I totally intend to continue growing my company to just really take up space in these places. Right, just sort of like tentacle out into the areas that are bleak. And I think you you brought up this really great point that I don't think people really understand about entertainment, 
my last job as a strategist before I went to solopreneurship was for an agency that my client was NBC. If you go into any of those rooms, you know, maybe across five departments, you'll see one to two black people. And if it's a marketing team, then you'll see a woman, but she won't be like, there were literally moments where there were a black, there was a black woman and a white man with the same title, but the managers would wait, leave an empty chair for the man to sit at the head of the table. Like that is the, that is what people are dealing with when it's behind the scenes. And I feel like what you said made me think that like, I often feel like what the industry does is like, put some of us in pictures to create a, uh, like a front, like a, like a, a smoke screen. Um, so that people, you know, cause people aren't, uh, professional researchers. They aren't going to dig. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to dig deeper unless they know that it's really going to affect them. When to, when to us who are the like cultural anthropologists, it is going to affect how we live tomorrow. So it does affect us. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that, everything you said. I, I'm, I'm very interested to know about the tech and, and, um, and I know we'll talk about the artist you're managing, A.E. Cool, who's very awesome later, but I was listening to her music when you sent it to me. Good! Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think it, it definitely creates this like this mixed message where it's masking things and especially recently with Black Lives Matter, something that has really been bothering me to that point is are those big name brands uh, like the NBCs like the Netflix like Nike and Adidas who claim to be Black Lives Matter on our side but there's no indication of what that means in terms of action Um, and so being independent like one of the things I'm very curious about and I think other women who are going um, you know starting their own ventures with love to know is how do you really navigate who you want to partner with, who you want to support? Um, because the reality is a lot of the money that we need in order to back us is coming from <laughs> the necessary evil to take, to take Correct. in order to build. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as partnerships go, I believe in um, a higher power, right? Mm -hmm. So within that, some things I truly believe are just out of my hands. And when they find me, I just have to pay attention. Okay. Now, of course, that's not the only answer. Um, Mm -hmm. So within my decision making, as far as how I move, I have to set certain standards for myself before the issue ever even comes up. I set these standards for myself. This is what I believe in. This is what I stand for. This is, you know, what I will not allow, whatever. And once you have some standards for yourself, the way you move forward, you just have to really enforce those standards and and follow and abide by what you set for yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, like my artist, for example, I didn't necessarily go looking for her. I had actually given up on music simply for the fact that I stopped believing in the people I was working with. I felt like everything just gets so trendy after a while. And so Mm -hmm. just, you know, they're not even talking about anything in this music anymore half the time. And it was really disheartening for me to be such a lover of music. And like you said, 
you know, you touch on these big companies and I always said I didn't want to be like them in that sense of perpetrating. Right. You know, I don't, I never, I don't want to be that. And that's what they do. Uh, At the end of the day, it is definitely a setup that they make it look like one thing, but that's just not what it is. And then at the end of the day, no matter what they're making it look like, we need to disengage because we have to have something of our own. This is not about us trying to have a space in your home or you're at your table. This is about us trying to create our own spaces that we're in control of and we can pull our own into. Right. And um, with anything, even with the tech company that I'm now working with, it it makes sense for me to work with that company for a few reasons. And I'll walk you through this so you can see how things work out. Sure. Um, are you familiar with Ryan Leslie? Okay. So Ryan Leslie is, he's a musician, producer, Grammy nominated musician and producer. And I have always looked up to him. I have followed him forever. I have always felt like he was just, you know, so amazing. And I always said I would work with him one day. I didn't even know what I would be doing with him. I didn't know what role I could fill. I didn't know what he would need, but I always said I would work with him one day. Wow. And everyone around me can attest to this. Everyone knows this. Years and years and years go on, and um, a part of when I moved to New York, I knew that Ryan also was stationed in New York. When he's in the States, he's in New York. Okay. Now, he's a very low-key kind of guy. He's not out there like that. So that me even getting in front of him, I knew would be a real challenge. I almost thought it was not even going to happen. I thought that was kind of unattainable. Okay. But lo and behold... Um, in January, was it January? There was an event that he was a part of in New York. I go to the event and I meet him at the event. I won't give you all the details in between, but overall by me going to that event, putting myself in front of him because I had to put myself, it wasn't like he was just open to talk to everybody. Right. I forced, I forced myself in front of him <laughs> with the help of my husband because my husband also was like, <laughs> you have been talking about this man forever. He's right here. Like you about to talk to him. I was like, Oh my God. Like I was so nervous. <laughs> but even within all of the nerves and the anxiety and the self doubt or whatever, you have to push yourself to do the things, you know, are for you, you know, Absolutely. what's for you. You, you know, a lot of times we, as people, we know what we really want for ourselves. We know what we're naturally attracted to. We know all those things and we just overlook that. Right. You have to be able to believe that you deserve every and anything that you really want for yourself. And I've always walked through life in that way. Now, with that being the case, again, I get in front of Brian Leslie and that turned into me now being the marketing director at his company, Superphone. No way. Correct. (laughs) That's amazing. How long have you had that partnership? So that's been since March. Oh my gosh. Wow. Mm -hmm. Congrats. That's a big one. (laughs) <laughs> yes, it is big now. And now even within that, it is still aligned within my mission. And had it not been, I wouldn't have done it, Ryan Leslie or not. But it was mm-hmm. aligned with my mission. And this is this is the first Black-owned tech company, for one. Mm-hmm. And Ryan has made it a point to build this company with young Black faces. Okay. So not only myself, but my pretty much the majority of our team is black, not everybody, but the majority of our team is Mm -hmm. black, young black people 
that are building this business and competing against the likes of our counterparts who have access to resources and things that we don't necessarily have, but we're still fighting the good fight to build right. something and take up space within this tech world because it's necessary, right. you know? A lot of times for me, partnerships, they find me, honestly. I don't necessarily go out looking for them. No, I think that's encouraging because some people have two different schools of thought. One, I know there are some women who they don't want to really fight an uphill battle, so they'll do what they can in order to climb the ladder. And yeah. I know some other women who, and I'm just saying women for the sake of this podcast, people, I know that men are also doing this too. But in terms of people would just take any project for the, mm-hmm. um, for the scrap. And mm-hmm. then I think I'm sort of on your wavelength where I'm like, it might be slow going, but I really, really have learned about myself that the main reason why I had to leave corporate is because I need to do things that align with my values and my vision. And if there is, you know, you aligned with, with Ryan because you already knew that you, you know, your values aligned. So you already mm-hmm. had that out of the way, you know, it was already in your criteria and already sort of like, didn't have to figure that out as you sort of met each other or, it, or you had to get oh, it. Oh, that's not necessarily true. Oh, okay. <laughs> or it was reconfirmed. Yeah. Tell me about that then. <laughs> yeah, well, I know it, it's easy to think that it probably went that way, but not necessarily. And it's because at the end of the day, we as people, we tend to look at celebrities and think we know them. Right. right but we, right. we don't. There's so, this is a person, you know what I mean? You only know as much as you see. So even within that, I was this huge fan, but I could only see him so far. And now I know Ryan, the person. Now I know him as a man. And he's so much more than what I even thought. I've had to learn him. He's had to learn me. We've had to get to know each other. And we see like, oh, we're even more aligned than we thought. Because I didn't even know that you felt this way about this thing. Or I didn't even know, you know. So it it takes a minute um, just to get through those things. Like, again, I said we met in January. Between January and like March was just me trying to figure out where I even fit into his world because he's, he doesn't necessarily, he doesn't work with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So um, he's fine. Like he's not just hiring people, you know, that's not yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. I had to, I had to kind of go and demand <laughs> yeah. a space for myself yeah. and be like, yo, yo, you need me. <laughs> I know you may not know you need me, but you do need me. And right. then I had to show him my value and then behind that, then it became a situation of like, all right, yeah, like, now let's do can, it. And then, yeah. and then he um, contracted the company that my husband and I have built to do the mark, be basically the marketing department for this company. And then I'm operating as marketing director. And this is just something we're now in partnership with to build this company up. And again, our, our values are aligned, right. like I said, so it makes sense. Is, it, is that launched? What's the, or is the project still under app? No, we're, it's, hey, you can download it. You can, it's What's the app there. called? It's called Superphone. Superphone, yes. Nice. And it's actually been active since 2015, but we're just now in a space where we're just in a good space to finally really compete in that market. Okay. Because like I said, you know, as a startup back from 2015, five years, Ryan has kind of been single-handedly trying to build this thing up. Right. Um, because again, in the, in that tech space, 
our faces are not there. Not at all. I feel like that's where companies even still start to get their legs, you know, after two, three years anyway. So definitely going to add that in the show notes so people can can download it. And yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I published an interview with the head of social impact at Dave, which is like a financial tech startup. And we were talking about that. Only 3% of the tech space has women in it. It's not even the full percent of women in high ranking positions. So so it is a big deal. Super exciting. I'm going to definitely look more into that. But we want to talk about your marketing, especially now you have this other project you already were doing independently contracted projects are you do you also do things separately on your own still to fulfill yourself do you have the time absolutely <laughs> hey i do it all <laughs> you you should not shortchange yourself in life you you, you get one of these things <laughs> yes i do my husband and i that the very thing that started this company is just our love for these things so mm-hmm. we never we can never stop doing the things that that fuel us that inspire us so and then especially living in new york you know there's inspiration all around so yeah we're constantly our apartment itself is like a photography studio slash office <laughs> like we're constantly shooting taking pictures shooting videos like Nice. Queens at Work itself is basically a passion project that, you know, was something that I was just really, really passionate about. And now I'm just putting all my tools and resources into it, you know, right. for it to have this community that I can take all the things that I know and and use those to help these women grow and thrive. And, you know, that is nothing more than fulfillment, honestly, because I don't Queens at Work does not actually make me money. Right. So I'm not I'm not doing it for that purpose. Right. It's not. Is it is it considered non for profit or technically? Um, and because when we so I started it in 2000 and basically when I was still in Atlanta, I had a moment where I just felt like, oh, my gosh, there's nothing for like young black girls to look at where they can get some real game, some real inspiration and not mm-hmm. be just, you know, the love and hip hops, the bad girls club. Mm-hmm. Like those are the people that girls are looking up to and no shade to them. You know, um, love and hip hop is like one of my guilty pleasures, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> um, but I, I just genuinely don't support that being the narrative to carry us along. I think right. that we need we need to have other outlets and other voices. A monolithic narrative of like who we are as well. Thank women. you. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. So yeah, so that was really what in, kind of like gave me the idea. And then it took me a minute to like formulate that idea and figure out what exactly it was. And I went through all these different stages of what it was and trying to just, you know, figure it out. And um, then I was like, okay, well, I really want to mentor. I'll start there. So Mm -hmm. then I launched a mentoring program at a middle school in Jonesboro, Georgia, which is a little south of Atlanta. And um, so the school took a chance on us and I got a group of women together and we had a strong like two year run um, mentoring and it's it was amazing it was one of the most amazing things I've ever done and I, I fell in love with these girls and then you yeah. know 
you're there um, kind of going through school with them after a while. So you start to see them grow up. A lot of them are now in high school because that was years ago, you know, so I'm seeing them in high school now. And I was like, oh, this is so cool that I have like a bunch of little sisters everywhere. And then I'll even get on Instagram or something and see one of the mentors hanging out with like one of the mentees. Mentees. And I'm like, okay, so they're (laughs) building, you know, you see the relationships that you started and they need that. They really, really, really need that. They need someone that's right there in their life that can show up for them, that can answer the phone, that can be a good example. And for those girls to now have that because of Queens at Work, I I was like, okay, this is like, this is, I love this. And that was the start. That unfortunately couldn't continue when I moved to New York just because I wasn't there. And Mm -hmm. um, that leadership wasn't quite there. Um, Mm -hmm. And it is something I intend to get back to, but I took Queens at Work in a few other directions. So I started doing interviews also because, again, it all ties into my love of production and, and all right. these things that I do on that side with film. So I was like, well, why don't I use that to my benefit to create this platform for, for women's voices? Right. So, um, so then my husband and I started doing that. And so now I have the interview series on YouTube that I do. And I've done women in both Atlanta and New York. Mm-hmm. And um, ideally also that would then spread to other cities um, and continue to grow. And I just love doing that because these are all just incredible women. And I've had like, you know, from the women that don't really have a, a, a name per se, I've had those women and I've had women who, you know, are, are wildly popular. I've had, I've had just like a nice variety of women. And, and I want it to be clear that you do not have to be some Instagram celebrity. You do not have to be some reality show celebrity. You don't have to be those things to have an impact, to have a voice or to be cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things that I, I've had a guest say, and I will continue to say it is, you know, she brought up the point that there are a lot of Black women who are wanting to give back. And even though it's in similar fashion, that there will never, it will never be too saturated. Like there's space for all of us to be doing this work. And so I love that. I love hearing. And I think like minds gravitate towards one another. Like when you, as you tell me these things, I get a little bit of chills because I know how much especially for a young girl. Um, I, I was an assistant teacher in Indianapolis one summer just for like fourth graders that had to retake exams. And like, they are so used to people assuming the worst of them. And mm-hmm. so like just having someone who looks like us and looks like them uh, be able to like sit down and, and hear them is such a huge thing. And so um even when I just hear from the past, I can just imagine how how moving that is even today just to think back to it. So it, it, it makes me just want to like run out and launch one right now. And then I think, <laughs> you know, obviously COVID put mm-hmm. a wrench in mm-hmm. a lot of plans for a lot of people. 100 so. <laughs> <Okay>. percent. <laughs> I mean, how, how, how has that been affecting your ability? Your work is very video centric. Like, mm-hmm. has it just put things on pause or, you know, like, do you just go deeper into planning phase before you, you launch stuff or, or have you seen any differences? There's definitely been a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that something like this, it doesn't, it 
cannot help but to affect like every single person mm-hmm. on Planet. planet earth probably yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, i know i mean surprisingly there are some countries who are honestly totally unaffected mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i have a friend who just left america actually her her husband and her son moved to east africa oh which and, part? do you know which country uh, i would have to go look on her instagram to make oh, sure i have my facts straight before i just go <laughs> saying something and that's not right i feel you um, but, I, but i do know she's in east africa Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she, she's like over there, she'll show stuff on, you know, line and she's like, no one is wearing a mask. No one's even talking about it. No one is really paying attention to it over here. Yeah. Um, and you know, you, you've got to expect that because my thing has always been like, okay, for those places where maybe they're not in tune or in touch with, um, those things happening within the news, mm-hmm. um, you know, how are they even getting the information? How are they they don't know to freak out about it, you know? Right, right, right. They're just um, living their lives. <laughs> they're just living their lives, right, exactly. So, you know, that's a that's a whole different conversation. But um, for COVID, yes, it's definitely had an impact. And I'll just say I would love to encourage anybody during this time to understand that, for one, um, there are never any excuses. There, okay. there just aren't. There are no excuses. You can always get something done that you need to get done. It's just about figuring out how. Mm-hmm. For two, during this time, you've got to learn how to pivot. And maybe you had a plan, but I keep hearing people say like, oh, I can't wait for it to go back to normal. And um this is just my opinion. You know, I don't have the answers, but I do not believe that there is a normal that's Mm going to come, come to us anytime soon. Mm -hmm. This, this is the new normal. This is life. And at the end of the day, unless you just are going to stay still and stop living your life, you got to get back in the game. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's that idea where, you know, it's a, this is a simplistic example, but when we were kids, we have, preferences like what I I liked vanilla ice cream and reading sci-fi books and to me that was all I did but as I got older things that I liked changed things the way I did things changed and that is still considered my normal now attributing it to something more serious like this I agree with you where we kind of we look at society in such a broad term where we're like this is typical to us in our society but other countries do different things that's still normal so I I agree with you in the sense that like every day something shifts even subtly and it's constantly ebbing and flowing so I I I think that's really sound advice you know I've been uh I published a video the other day sort of talking about how um I used to be really afraid of like change, couldn't handle it. Um, And then I'm realizing this year, so many crazy things have happened this year that if you don't have the capacity to let something that you're comfortable with or used to go, then you won't find what's better. You won't have space to invite something better uh, that's waiting around the corner for sure. (laughs) definitely yeah you have to you have to keep moving you really can't stop and you know with everything we're up against like 
that's the last thing we need is another setback, you right. know? Right. Um, we really need to keep pushing. We really need to continue supporting each other, even something like this, continuing the conversations, continuing the, the relationship building amongst each other. Mm-hmm. There's just no excuse. We're on, a, we're on a, a Zoom call right now. And this is someone I don't even know, but we have found it within each other to take the time to have a conversation that can then go on and touch however many other people it touches. And, you know, we just, we got to keep this thing going and we, yeah. we only have each other. Yeah, I agree. And also like, if we looking at flipping the script, I know, I think the people that struggled the most were the like high, high, high extroverts. <laughs> and then someone like me, like I'm, I'm definitely an introvert. And this, this flip has allowed me to you know, you were talking about being bold, getting yourself out there in front of people. In the mm-hmm. past, it would have been such a difficult thing for me. Like I had to practice and I think, you know, things will loosen up a little bit where we can event in the future where we can go back to approaching people like that. Um, yeah. But I think this in many ways also is a great equalizer of people who might not have had that ability to or felt comfortable to just reach out to anybody and now you know there's a little bit of that digital separation just to like ease the ease the process for some people yeah (laughs) no I I agree with you and I'm I'm not a super extrovert um like I mean like I told you even when I got in front of Ryan that was like Mm -hmm. I was I was like shitting on myself yeah (laughs) (laughs) I was like so nervous and those are those things like I've even had people say to me before you know well it just it comes so easier for you so you don't understand and I'm mm-hmm. like please do not that's the most disrespectful thing you can say because right you don't understand what I go through to force and push and pull those things out of myself those things are not just naturally there this is hard work mm-hmm. for me to push myself constantly challenge myself constantly mm-hmm. and never allow myself to get comfortable just right. so that I can accomplish these things, but it is not, it's far from easy. I am not a super extrovert. Right. I, I don't, you know, I'm not just like some socialite. I, I have figured out how to engage with um, peers and whatnot for the purpose of getting the job done. Yeah. But naturally, no, that is not something that I just have. So where do you think your work ethic sort of stemmed from? Were you always like that as a kid? Is that a familial trait where you were raised that way or was it just always your personality? I would say it's a little bit of both because I've always been a curious child as well as driven. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, for example, when I was very young, I wanted to go to this uh, Scream Tour concert, right? Because I was like in love with Bow Wow. Mm-hmm. And my, parent, my parents couldn't afford it and they told me no. And I, I've just, that's a perfect example of a time that I remember I could really see my character in that moment because I did not want to take no for an answer. I just didn't. And I ended up winning tickets off of the radio and I was like, well, you didn't pay for them. So like if I can get, you know, my own tickets, can I go? And they were like, yeah, sure. And then after that, I went and won the tickets and my grandmother ended up taking me because that was their next excuse. It was like, well, I'm not taking you. I was like, well, I'll find somebody <laughs> to take me. So all in all, like, I just, I don't take no for an answer. There's, right. there's some other 
approach that I'm just not considering. And then it's also a mixture of the way I was raised because my dad definitely instilled something inside of me um, around the idea of leadership. That was, mm -hmm. that was a, a common theme growing up that he was just randomly like, are you a follower or a leader? Are you a leader? Mm -hmm. You know, why are you a leader? And he just kind of always put that into my head. So it just got to a point where, again, like I just, I forced certain things out of myself simply for the idea of filling that leadership role Right. In a lot of times where I just I just knew I had to step up and be a leader. I think that's a great segue into the question that I wanted to ask you about some of your proudest accomplishments or are were there milestones that you set for for twenty four agency or for Queens at Work that you've hit in these past three years that you were just I mean, there's a lot. Honestly, the the beautiful thing is I've been super blessed to do a lot of great work. Um, I could just name some for you. Um, we were hired to do New York Fashion Week. Okay. At one point, that was a big deal. I was really excited because that's something I always just saw to be this big thing in New York that happened. And I was like, you know, one day I'll live in New York and I'll be at New York Fashion <laughs> Week and stuff. And so to be there and to be there as a producer over a New York Fashion Week event, Amazing. that was dope. Um, we've done tours and touring with artists is it's always fun and it's always just this thing that kind of stays with you because you spend so much time with them you know whether it's a month two months three months however long the tour is um and our very first tour was with Jacquees um, oh cool <laughs> yeah and that was actually my husband actually was a dancer with Jacquees back in the day when oh. Jacquees was before anybody ever knew him. He was just a, a, a wee child. <laughs> My husband was actually one of his dancers and then they built him up, you know, and he's obviously, as you probably know, a big star now. Yeah. Um, and he no longer dances with him, but that was like what our first tour experience was, was with Jacquees because we were on tour with him at the time. So what and do then, you do while you're touring with them? Well, that's what I was going to say. So with Jacquees particularly, mm -hmm. that was just a different situation because it was it was kind of before our actual company was in place. I see. Okay. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we were we were with him, and at, um, you know, you do video work, you record, you get footage. They want the, the tour captured. Ultimately, they want. I see. Uh, you know what I mean for yeah. for videos and pictures and stuff like that. Um, and then what was really dope to me was getting actually formally hired for another tour once we, after we launched our company, it was like a year or so later. And that was with KCAM. And so that was like really cool. So I'm like, okay, yeah. So, you know, one, one is like a, it's like a fluke, but when you can do like two or three, it's like, right. all right, I really got something. It's you know? get so the balls once we wrong. did that, I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's really cool. And, and funny enough now we don't even want to do tours anymore because it's just, we're getting older. <laughs> you know, something that was really fun when we were younger, you're on the road and you're going to all these cities and, you know, the shows are fun. But as we get older, it's like the, the little bunks on the buses and the being gone and all that stuff, <laughs> it's not as appealing. <laughs> so, um, Ryan, you have a favorite? obviously. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, Is Ryan, Ryan your Leslie. favorite? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For I sure. I mean, I would honestly even say, my, if I'm being totally honest with you, my number one proudest accomplishment of everything I've done mm. is A.E. the Cool. 
Okay, let's talk about A, the cool. She was, <laughs> she was my next thing. So this is great. So, I mean, for, for those listening, like, Courtney spotlights incredible people. We've established this. Um, and she basically puts her all of her energy into, you know, finding those who really need and deserve a platform um, and an up and coming musician that you're spotlighting right now is a the cool so um, I'm going to let you tell us about her and sort of like what her mission is and sort of what you guys are what direction you guys are going in as you manage her yeah um, so AE is she's from Augusta Georgia and um, she's officially been an artist only for like a few years now I would say prior to that she's always sang and if you listen to her music you can see that the girl has you know pipes (laughs) (laughs) Um, she's always sang she sang in church um, just super talented she writes all her own music and she just like officially became A.E. the Cool some years ago and we actually met at an event where I was there um, on behalf of Queens at Work, actually, to capture the event, and she was performing. And it was one of those events where it wasn't really that many people there, and she still got on the stage and, like, blew me away. She sang to virtually an empty room, and I was like, wow, this girl is so amazing. And then I kind of kept up with her, and we saw her again at another performance later, and she started asking us, like, oh, do you mind coming and filming my show. It would be little things like that. And um, we started doing that. And then it worked up into her debut EP, Forgive, which she wanted some help with like rolling it out and the campaign behind it. So we were like, okay, yeah, you know, we'd love to do that. We think your music's amazing, blah, blah, blah. And through that process, it just got to a point where we realized that we really, really, really believed in this girl and Mm -hmm. she's just really talented. And um, like I told you earlier, I kind of lost my love for working even within the music industry after a while. So I hadn't done it in a, in a minute at that point, but it was something about her that just kept, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, like I would love to work with her, but I'm like, I don't do that anymore. Like, you know, I'm, I was tired of being let down in a sense right. by this artist that kind of half-ass it and I'm like totally committed and invested and, you know, I'm just like, nah, nah, nah. But I mean, time and time again, she continued to impress me. She continued to just stay the course on, um, you know, performing and, and just, just, she was just really committed to what she was doing. And my husband was the one that triggered it because he was like, well, if you're not going to work with her. I'm going to work with her. You know? <laughs> I, I want to be her creative director. And I was like, okay. You know, like, and that was the thing that kind of started the conversation and and then I ended up talking to her and you know we were like okay yeah this this does feel right and so that was the beginning of our partnership and to follow um now we're just we're you know we're a really really strong knit team and we are very protective of her we take it very seriously and I really 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 want her to see her successful she deserves that the world deserves her and um, she's now recently released her sophomore EP, Dora Soul, okay. which is her recognizing her ancestors, um, more specifically her great-grandmother, Dora, who passed away earlier this year. 
Oh. And um, and then Forgive, which was her first EP, that was more of like a, a personal journey thing for her, something that she needed to release. And moving forward now, we just have so much in store, so many fun things, lots of new music. Um, you know, it's just, it's exciting actually to have to figure out how to keep busy and keep pushing even during such a time because she's not performing and that's the thing that I fell in love with about her is her live performance and she can't do that right now but you know we're still making it happen and um and and again if you go listen to her music you can pick up on her vibe and who she is she's very authentic she's very for her people and especially her, her hometown of Augusta is very important to her um and yeah she she's just all about like she doesn't even curse in her music. She's she's she doesn't want to do any of those things. She doesn't want to have to go those routes. She's just wanting to make quality music that can touch people and really be of uh, you know soul food for her audience. <laughs> what are some What are some other things you know like that you want listeners to keep an eye out for? Are there going to be any little concerts, things like that? That we I'll can talk you, about yet. <laughs> I, I, I'll give you an exclusive. Okay, we're getting <laughs> we the, are, the drop here. <laughs> you get the drop. <laughs> we are going to be doing what we call Dora Soul Week. Okay. Okay. Dora so Soul that's Week. A, yeah. So that's a date where we'll be putting a lot of stuff out. And that'll be a week that I just want everybody to tune in to the project. Keep listening. Keep streaming. Buy it you know, go watch the videos, go to our YouTube, go do all that stuff. But that week we'll be putting some, some stuff out. I won't tell you what it is, but mm-hmm. we got some cool content for that week. Amazing. So people will have to do their work and get there. So that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and she, she is at AE the cool everywhere. She's not hard to find. You can Google her, you know, she's Amazing. everywhere. All right. I'll, I'll definitely put her out there so people won't have to have to search. Um, but honestly, like, you are the type of person that just like I'm sure anyone who's worked with you and even just me getting the privilege to interview you is the type of person that just exceeds expectations all around and and I really appreciate that and value that even like I love when I speak to people and I'm also getting that encouragement to be like you know take less naps (laughs) you know so (laughs) I this has been such a pleasure and I know it's something that we've I've been looking forward to for a long time and I know that my layoff delayed stuff but you've just been so gracious and yeah for me I'm just blown away like feel like I thought I did my research and I was like "Mm, she's just (laughs) doing it and doing it (laughs) it's not not you though so because with us honestly I think I've made it a point to not I just, I don't want to be one of those people who becomes this character, this personality who's mm-hmm. like, you know, doing the women's empowerment brunches and right. doing the, the panels and doing all the stuff. Like, I don't like doing all that stuff. I don't even like putting my business out there for everybody to see, like, look at how successful I am. You know, mm-hmm. that's not even my, my protocol here, you know? So... Mm-hmm you wouldn't find these types of things about me. It's not anything that I'm out here just, you know, blasting out for everybody right. to hear. See, right. It's just one of those things that every day in my actual life, I try to put my best foot forward and impact each and every individual around me as much right. as I can. And, right. and that goes far, you know what I mean? Um, 
you'd be surprised. You, you don't have to get online and, and try to be something or try to look like something. You just, just do the work. Just do yeah. the work every day, one foot in front of the other. Um, and, yeah, I mean, for – I will say with 24, we are a private firm. So with that being the case, we don't actually just take on any and every, you know, project. Um, it's more – of who are the brands and companies who align with us. And then once we can see that, we tend to have a long working relationship with a lot of these people right. we work with. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's that. But on the Queens at Work side, I am definitely always open to meeting new women, always open to making new friends. Whoever's in New York, hit me up. You know, I, I love to just connect and if anybody feels like they need Queens at Work to help them build their brand or they want to be a part of this community, you know, you are welcome. This has been so fabulous and I definitely hope to have you on the show again and see where the road takes you and your husband on this journey. Thanks so Thank much. you. Thank you so much. This was great. Thank you all so much for joining us today. It was such a great conversation with Courtney Lynn as we discuss the many, many, many things that she does. Such a maverick from her marketing initiative at Superphone, from her own company, The 24 Agency, her volunteer and women's organization, Queens at Work, and just everything that she does in terms of the artists that she supports and the encouragement that she gives to Black women everywhere. I really hope that you join us next time. We have some really interesting topics coming down the pipeline from freelance artists to women's reproductive health, and you don't want to miss it. If you can, please donate and subscribe to The Only Black Girl on Mars. Here's a clip from A.E. The Cool's recent single, Wild Things. Novelli. I believe